world. WNJH HD1 Hammond. Views and opinions expressed on this show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton. Well, a very good evening, and no, as our Joe Matabano would say, I am not the pastor, I don't pretend to be one, and I don't play one on TV. My name is Rick Seppi, and everybody knows I am the producer of The Carpenter Sun. Tonight we have one of our regulars here, but we also have our special guest. Yes, we have, since this is called The Carpenter Sun, we have The Carpenter Sun with us. And that is Vincent Lombardo III. But before we get to that, let me give out just a few phone numbers here. 609-593-9654 is our phone number. 609-593-9654. And then if you want to text us, that's 856-718-9928. Once again, 856-718-9928. And as I said, we have one of our regulars here. Doc is with us. And we also have Vincent here. So, Vincent, we're going to let you take control. And uh, it's your show, buddy. All right. So, this was last minute again. So, we're going to (laughs) talk about what I always talk about when I come in here last minute. And that is what's going on with the youth group, things we're going through with them, and also the things God's teaching me personally, um, sometimes against my will. So, (laughs) tonight we're specifically... Uh, going to be diving into Second Peter chapter one. Only sometimes. Again. Only sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I make the right choice and want to line up with yeah, it. <laughs> well, most of the time you make the right choice. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You I were appreciate trained that. Well. <laughs> yeah, as the carpenter's son's carpenter son, <laughs> I <laughs> have been trained pretty well by that guy. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to read the verse now and then just kind of interject my thoughts. Honestly, um, little preface to the night. So last. What's Wednesday, the topic? The topic, all right, all right, fine, all right, fine. The topic itself is prayer in your personal life and personally growing yourself. Now, my theme personally for 2022, and the thing I tell everybody, I really don't care about their feelings anymore, is my. Here, here's my phrase of the year. You oh, ready? that's Christian love. Now. Oh, it is. It's good. <laughs> I don't care about your feelings anymore. No, truth is important. <laughs> yes. My uh, phrase for 2022 is do better. Just straight up do better. Whatever it is, whatever you're applying yourself to, do better. No no person I know is happy 100% with every aspect of their life. So do better, <laughs> you know? Do better in diving into God's Word. Do better in your prayer life. Do better in all that. All those things are personal responsibilities that you have to take and seize. We talked about last week when I was on—was that last week? Mm-hmm. Last week when I was here, <laughs> we talked specifically about the idea of not just being a— pew sitter uh, you know not a second string you're not on the bench we're all called to action and uh what we talked last week with doc and what his specific moment where he realized that he needed to get off the seat and and get involved back in the day and uh it's an interesting concept that last wednesday which was right after this radio show last week our topic for the youth group was prayer and your your active prayer life like i had said we've been going through the continue book um with with my senior high youth group and the topic for this week was, you know, your prayer life and how to take it seriously and the value in it. And uh, it raised a lot of good questions with the kids. 
And uh, one of the fun ways God works is that we ended up at snow camp and some of the kids that were asking a lot of questions went to snow camp, which is always great. And uh, the topic, well, I say topic verse, but the theme verses for the weekends were second Peter chapter one verses five through 11. And we will specifically see here, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For these things are yours and abound, and you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It, it always ends up with love. It always ends with love. <laughs> it's an it important one. It starts with love. It's the pinnacle. Or it ends with love. <laughs> well, it's an interesting thing, like uh, as a... Not as in anything. As myself, personally, love is one of the harder things for me to do anymore. I was just having a conversation with uh, Pastor Vince earlier today, and we talked about, not that this was the topic of our day, but we were discussing specifically times we had been hurt by people close to us, you know, and how sometimes in a ministry capacity and in a leadership capacity, it makes it difficult to open up to other people. It makes it difficult to want to share all the burdens. Now, we don't have to share all the burdens, <laughs> but, you know, he was talking specifically about a friend of his that he trusted more than anybody. I don't know if he's going to smack me later, that he trusted really, you know, with a lot of things. And like he would sit down and pray with on a daily basis. And then something came up between him. And that guy was like, well, I know you used to struggle with this when you were younger. And I know that. And he started throwing it all kind of back in his face. And it really, that's not, that's not what prayer together is for. That's not any, there's, there's no reason to throw it back in someone's face. That's something you're bringing before Christ and asking for help or forgiveness or whatever have you through it, whatever your personal situation is. And uh, we talked about how it's dif- difficult to do that. But one thing that makes those kind of relationships and things to do easy- easier <laughs> is when you actively are spending time praying with someone. Prayer is important because we see in Second Peter chapter 1 that they're talking about for this reason, you know, giving all diligence, add to your faith. All right, not for nothing. <laughs> this section says you have to do it. And that is one of the most earth-shattering things in a Christian walk is when you can sit there and realize that it is now your responsibility to take your faith seriously. Now, my bias is always towards senior high youth group when I discuss and read anything anymore. I try to figure out a way to apply it. And uh, <laughs> when we were discussing things like this, the fact of the matter is they specifically are at an age where... No one can force them to ha- to hold a religious belief. No one can force them to believe anything, <laughs> you know? All you can do is you can teach them and hope and pray for them and do those kind of things. So we see that, you know, I have a lot of these kids in the youth group, and they're, you know, Christ-professing kids, and they look at me, and I, we were talking about it at a Bible study, you know, and I said, you have to add these things to your faith. I said, nobody can do it for you. In the same way your parents can't make you make your bed. You know, they can't make you do all those things. Sometimes you just have to do them because you know they're right. Sometimes you just have to do them because they're expected of you. And this is one of those things that God just expects of us. He says, you need to do this because we talk about it later or earlier in scripture before this. He hits with like, because of the price Christ paid on the cross, because of what he's done, this is what you're supposed to do and ties right into this. All that has been, you have been bought and you have been paid for. But what's next? That's not always enough. Well, that was part of the challenge of last week when we sat here and said, when did you decide it wasn't enough for you just to sit in the seats and listen on a Sunday morning and then go home and be like, yep, I'm, I'm set for the week. I'm ready to do this. And that's something that we were challenging these kids. They, 
they uh, last week we talked about in youth group specifically how you have an access to the creator of the universe. Now, we toss that phrase around in our Christian culture lightly sometimes, but the fact of the matter is it's not a light phrase. No, it is. We're talking a lot about, of people yeah. a lot of people don't realize the significant gift, <laughs> privilege and responsibility it is to pray. They usually try to do that last. Well, I did everything, so I guess yeah. I'll, I guess I'll say a prayer on it and ask God. <laughs> you know, like, and 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 a lot of people don't realize that um, you can talk to God, and through prayer, and God can talk to you by reading scriptures and the insights He gives you when you read scripture, and sometimes He even talks to you in that still small voice in your head that gives you answers to uh, your questions and your prayers. I was talking to a pharmacist and he said, uh, you know, like he was being quippish and he was, his religiosity, I think has not gone past the level of high school. So it's kind of like flippish, you know, like, oh, I think we're in a, yeah, a, you know, he really questioned me as to, so you believe in uh, uh, creationism? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm going with the odds. I mean, <laughs> you know, DNA, a four-dimensional code, it's uh, one to 10 to the 50,000th power <laughs> that it could arise spontaneously. And he said, like, huh. Okay. He says, I, I believe this whole thing is a is a construct and some kid is there on a video game and he's playing that. I said, well, see, you still say there's an intelligence. Yeah. You're not saying that this just happened. It's not the same one. It's, not, it's not the same one, but you're, you're closer than, oh, it all happened by accident. Yeah, it was an interesting conversation with the youth group kids when one kid looked me in the face like I had four heads. And I was like, you have a... I said, honestly, it's as e- it's easier than picking up your phone and calling your friend. It's easier than that, that is to true. get in contact with God. I said, and you know, I said we talked about you know the verse. Uh, I botch references off the top of my head, but I know. when we talk about specifically, we're pray without ceasing, have it going on all the time. I was like, do you do you actually think that I can walk around be saying, dear Jesus, thank you so every single thing in my head and maintain a conversation with you? No, I was like, it's not just about the words in your head flowing. It's about a lifestyle of it. It's about mm-hmm. being receptive to things, being open-minded to those things at all times. And I said, one of the most interesting things I have about it is <laughs> one of the fun facts about Christian faith itself is that it's a relationship. It's not just, thank you, and we're done. That was an exchange of goods. It wasn't an exchange <coughs> of anything. It's specifically a relationship that we get to work at. So I always challenge the kids. And uh, sometimes we need to think a little more simply than we do. And I often, I learn a lot when I like try to prepare on how to teach to kids because I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Or like whatever it is, it just gets me excited. And this was one of those things. Everyone in the room, think of your best friend. Okay. Think of how many hours, minutes, seconds, weeks, months, or years you have spent communicating with them just on the ideas of getting to know them or just in conversations that allowed you to learn something different about them. It's a substantial amount of time in order to have what we'll call, you know, the BFF friendship, (laughs) the unwavering bond, the I have your back, come hell or high water mentality, right? Yeah. It's not, that is not an instant friendship. You can become fast friends, but that is not that is not a life or death brotherly 
<laughs> love kind of friendship. Now think of the hours, minutes, seconds, whatever it was for you that it took to get to know that person to the point where you can say, and everyone in their life has someone like this, I know that person better than they know themselves, right? However true that is, is not what's important in this conversation. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> that is I, not what's I'm important. Sure I forgot we no, were no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what's important. But to the fact that you, you think that if you had to play a game show and answer questions about them, you would get them all right. You th- what's that, the newlywed game where they're like, yeah. all right, what's your favorite color? And you hold it up. Like, if you think you have a friend that you can answer all those kind of questions about, how long did it take you to get to know them? What did that entail? Was that sleepovers as a kid? Was that constant phone calls? I grew up in the 90s, so it was corded phones on the wall with you running the cord in the other room. At least that's what I saw my sisters do. I didn't get any time on the phone. They had it. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> you look at the stretch cord through there, and they're just chatting with their friends forever. It's the riding on the school bus. It's the walking down the street. You know, these are a little bit younger. I mean, now... The working class. That's the meeting for coffee. That's the me stopping by unannounced. That's our kids are on the park and we're doing whatever. When you have that kind of opportunity to have that kind of relationship with someone where you think you can answer those questions honestly and know that, how much more do you think the creator of the universe knows and cares for you? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets And on the top point. of that, he has revealed more information than you know about your best friends in the Bible. <laughs> it's in here. This is Rick's Rick's Bible. It's nice, right? For sale. Let me know. And uh, it is all here. Everything you need to get to know him. Now, the fact of the matter is, we don't do that enough. <laughs> you know? We don't dive into the Word to get to know him more. We spend a lot of our prayer time saying... Hey, Daddy, want, help me out. Yeah, I'm I in want, trouble. Right. I don't want to do this. Right. Can I have? Can, if you could just open this door a little bit more, I would totally go to church every Sunday. Right. You know, whatever well, it is. You find that extra $100 I lost somehow. Yeah, I lost it. You know I did. You were there. Right. <laughs> we have those kind of conversations with God all the time, and un- but, he does care about those but things. The, but the thing with that, if you have a close relationship, mm-hmm. you can say that. But if it's just on the fly, it's kind of like, really? Like, I lost my glasses last Wednesday. I wanted to go to church last Wednesday. And I was looking in my library for a book. And I put these brass rim glasses down on a box that was brass colored. <laughs> oh, nice. So it blended right. right in. And I, yeah. I'm running around the house and I'm saying... <sighs> Oh, and, and what I had done was I had just put away all the Christmas decorations. You thought you packed it all up? <laughs> I thought I packed it up. It would have been a up. fun Christmas present next year. Yeah. Uh, no, I, that <laughs> meant, I was thinking about, oh, God, and literally, I'm saying, oh, God, I really don't want to open up those boxes. Can you please tell yeah. me where it is? Please, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> and it was like, I went back in there and I looked and in the area of the books that I was looking at because I saw this guy say something about the Book of Enoch. And I thought I had the Book of Enoch, but I just had excerpts from the Book of Enoch. And I looked and I looked and then I looked down and it was like a still small... Then I looked down and it, and it was like a still small voice said, look closer. <laughs> and I saw my my glasses there and then I could say oh thank you Lord for showing me where these glasses now if you have an ongoing running relationship you can ask that mm-hmm. I mean Gio comes up to you and says daddy can I have and, and oh, you know a number one princess yeah. always comes up and yeah. says oh daddy can I have oh daddy can I have daddy can I have now if some 
person off the street comes up and says, uh, can I have? It's kind of like, hmm. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so it's it's the relationship. And a lot of, now you have the youth group, but a lot of people sitting in the pews have been told, just do this, you're okay. Yeah. And, that's and no relationship. Yeah, it's one of those cultural things that like can be really instilled in you in a young age or in your church culture if you grew up in certain ways. And like that's one of the things the kids were, I, you should have seen the jaws drop when I was like, it's a relationship, you can talk to them. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, bro, <laughs> let me show you. And it, and we, we talked about the analogy of like, so I have a good friend. So he was sitting in youth group. His name's Mike, Michael Morrison. Hi, Mike. He's not watching. But we, uh, he will after this. He will after this now that I brought him up mm-hmm. again. But uh, Mike sits there and I, and I told the kids in group, I was like, I can pick up my phone tomorrow and I can literally just text Mike, need your help Saturday with a question mark, which is a, not a complete sentence anyway. No, <laughs> but but, but I could just send him that little bit that's just like, and he'll respond with, yes, absolutely, whatever. I didn't need to pick up my phone and be like, hey, Mike, how are you? How's the baby? How's the family? You know, like, is the weather good there? Because we're in a relationship all the time. We're always communicating. We're always talking. We see each other in church. We're like, our friendship is deep enough that we don't struggle or worry. Like, is it going to be weird if I call and ask this person for help, for favor, for whatever? And to the, to the point of God specifically, if you have that relationship with him, you're never going to feel weird about that because he desires to do, to help you through things. He wants to help you through. He's listed as our father for a reason, because as a father, when my kids ask for things, I want to give them to them. I want to give the things to the kids. I prefer when they ask for things that are good for them. I prefer when they ask for things that aren't going to be a problem. But in any capacity, I would much rather give them whatever they want than to say no. And I would much rather them ask me and come to me all the time with any option that they have. So when so, Gio keeps asking for the BB gun and you keep saying no, when Uncle Rich <laughs> says yes because Gio wants to shoot his sister. Mm. Eh. No, we say no because Aubrey's the better kid. So oh, we don't want right, to shoot her. Say that now. Yeah, okay. no, for real. Right. <laughs> but now, using your friend as an example, we're going to leave him nameless, but do you firmly believe that's because you have more of a godlike in you? That he'll do that for you, or do you just feel that it's because you were both raised identical in a way? Um, <laughs> he's gonna smack me later too. I'm gonna get hit. I'm gonna I, get hit this week. I, well, so your father already said I'm coming over, but I don't, I don't know what that meant. Mike has <laughs> <laughs> Mike has always been an excellent friend of mine, but and he'll he'll admit to this, so I don't really mind. He's oh, I guess I should have named, left him nameless. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah I would have been nameless. I, I tried it. I tried it with another person, or you know, we, uh, come on, yeah, pseudonym well, or oh, he's something. Fine. He'll be he's quite fine. He's got thick skin, so we'll talk about him specifically. He has always been an excellent friend of mine. He's always been a I will help anyone person. You could call him now. He'll help you with it. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, and it is to the fact that there was a point in time in his life specifically that he made the choice that we talked about last week that was it's not enough for me to just go to church and tag the mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. It's not enough for me to just be like, yeah, I do the church thing. It, you know, because it, it's... It, <laughs> In every serious Christian's life, there's a point you can't take it anymore. You know that you're called for more. You're, you know you're called to do the next right thing. And when he made that change, it, the answer is always yes. He will bend over backwards. He will do whatever it takes now. Now, before, he'd be like, yeah, I'll help you with that. You know, let's pick a day. And then you, you get that casual, like, all right, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> you know, but now it's just I'll give you an exact case in point. 
Question. Go ahead. Do you think when some people hit that hit that particular wall, they walk away? Yes, I've seen people do that because they're like, oh, it's going to take work. It's going to take effort. This well, happens. You, you always have people like that. I mean, I can but. tell you one way this happens a lot. And uh, again, targeting my specific age group. Um, imagine a hypothetical situation. You go away to a snow camp. You're isolated from your worldly distractions all the time. You're the kids joke. about You know, a lot of people joke about it, calling it a camp high or a Jesus high because you're like you're just surrounded by it. It's mm-hmm. worship. It's lessons. It's activities with like minded people all the time. And then they come home and they're like, oh, things are hard here. Things are difficult. It was so much easier at snow camp, like whatever it is. And then they have, then they make the choice, like it's not worth the I'll effort. Ask the question. Mountaintop, that's mountaintop experience. Yeah, but yeah, when but, you come down off the mountain, right? John, James, and I mean, and Peter, what did they want to do? Uh, we don't want to go back down there. Let's build three tabernacles and we can hang out up here. Yeah, this is the best. Let's stay here. Yeah, let's stay. And 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 everybody has that. Mm-hmm. But now, was that because, I'm going to play the, the opposite of it, was that because they were away from their parents and you were a little bit more free and relaxed no. with them, or were you more structured just like the parents? It's structured just like parents. I mean, I can't let kids do anything they want to do just to be crazy. But realistically, it's because they, it's contagious. Joy is contagious. Yes, Happiness itself is contagious. Yes. You know, joy is lifelong. But the just the idea of being surrounded by people like that. And it happens. I mean, you see a smaller scale of it on a church on Sunday. You come in and you can forget your problems, your worries, mm-hmm. your whatever oh, yeah. it is, whatever have you. You can forget those things because, wow, that song really moved me. Wow, this message really touched home right here. Wow, I'm surrounded by people that care about me. I'm surrounded by people that are uplifting me. I'm surrounded by people that are doing this. Then you can get in your car on the way home and be like, well, I don't have anything to do today. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can think like, huh, maybe I should, maybe I won't, maybe, and then make the wrong decision so easily no, because right. you were just, you just came from a good place and a great place and it's easy to make the, the wrong choice. We talked about it last week. The wrong choices are easier mm-hmm. most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. If they're Initially. not easier, yeah, if they're not an easier choice to make, they're they're definitely, they seem more fun or they seem more enticing or they, you know, they will seem more difficult to make the right choice often when it's something you're struggling with that's like flesh and sin related verse. Well, yeah. You know, anything like that. Yeah, lust so, of the eye, lust of the... <laughs> so that's something that we specifically were talking about in our group. Like, I was like, listen, like you guys face all these trials. You're going to go through stuff like this. Like, what are you doing about it? How do you how do you make the next right thing? And, and Wednesday, our topic specifically was prayer itself. And they weren't... I don't want to say... It sounds like an accusation. Like, it blew their mind to an extent <laughs> that they were just like, oh, yeah, I can have this unlimited access to God. I can I can reach out to him anytime, you know, and I talked to one of the kids in a that was in there on Wednesday at, at snow camp. And she was like, listen, I really took what you said seriously. And I'm making time to pray. And I'm and like, I've been really understanding my Bible more now that I'm reading it. And like, yada, yada. I'm like, that's that's what I want to hear. That's the dream, you know, and it's one of those things that the reminder to her specifically oh, to the unnamed child, specifically, yes, was hey, he's better. Getting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> was that they had to make that choice for themselves. They had to say, I need to do this. I need to spend more time in prayer. God doesn't need to spend more time in prayer. No. God needs you to spend more time in prayer to get to know him, to communicate with him, to bring him your desires. You know, often we overlook the simplistic fact that God is our father. He, he specifically gave us himself in that role because whether you had a good father, a great father, or a terrible father, you know the the love that a father can bring. 
is capable of bringing and providing. You know that in an earthly capacity, every well, every person in this room knows that their father was a sinner. <laughs> every single person in this room knows that their father has a shortcoming or had a shortcoming, mm-hmm. whatever have you. Now we look at what they did for us, how they loved us, the way they cared, and we can say, wow, they did all that. You know, not every person has the same story, but they did all that in an earthly capacity with a sin-filled life, with the miserable, destructive heart of a human. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how much more, and the Bible says this over and over again, how much more does the Heavenly Father know how to bless his kids, you know, over and over again? And that's something that I personally didn't take seriously until I was older. The other thing that you you, you have to convey on that is that, yeah, you love when Gio asks you questions or Aubrey asks you, ask for something and there are three answers (laughs) yes no and wait Mm -hmm. and that's the way our heavenly father does it and sometimes a wait is taken as a no and you're scratching well why didn't he say yes and the timing may be off you know or if it's concerning another person okay it's something the other person has to realize it's something you have to realize it's something that you have to coordinate between the two but it is always keep praying and pray in god's will for the for his effect on that person i, I mean in this t- day and age when you see stuff that is really bad, I mean, and being information being suppressed, then it for me it's getting harder to not get angry, you know, and say, God, get them, because it's really hurting people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's I mean, harm is being done. And it's, I, I, I had a, a, a little, uh, uh, what would you say, a blog. And the guy said, a lot of people are under kind of like hypnosis where they have to believe what they're being told. And if you present anything else, they don't believe you. Even if it's, facts that they can look up they still don't believe you and that's another thing that prayer can break through from the outside that they would eventually see the truth because that's what you said oh you know i'm gonna tell you the truth (laughs) when i was kidding you yeah Yeah. you're being blunt but it's it's true (laughs) because you have to tell them the truth and in telling them the truth it is you have to go with the leading of the Lord how to tell them the truth. And that's something that you, your, your kids, because you're a kid to me, <laughs> but your kids need to learn how to do and be shown examples of. But by the mere fact that they, they have to realize that they are as special as Abraham, and Abraham is not more special than they are. And Abraham was talking to God. 
And when uh, Rebecca was saying, man, this pregnancy is, is hard. Well, God, what's going on? And he answered, you have two nations in you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, when, and when Jacob put his head on the stone at Bethel and said, God, if you do this and do this, I'll be yours. <laughs> and God took it. And then he wrestled with God and said, what's, what's, your, what's your name? He said, Jacob. He says, nah, you, you got a new name, Israel. <laughs> what's your name? Ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Essentially, that's what he said. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about my name. I bless you. And there's a conversation there. He had a relationship with Jacob when Jacob ran away. Jacob realized he could have a relationship because of Isaac and his mom having a relationship. Isaac kind of like knew there was a relationship when the knife was about to come down and he heard that <laughs> voice. Do not, Abraham, do not slay that boy. Oh, okay, Lord. Because <laughs> he was kind of like doing the wince and turn your head to the side because... <laughs> Because <laughs> here it comes. <clears throat> and Abraham knew it when he could go with 300 men and conquer five kings and talk to Melchizedek that says, you got a relationship with God. You trusted God and it was counted to you righteousness before you even got circumcised. It's trust that God wants a relationship with you. Prayer is the way to talk to God, his word, and that still small voice, which will always agree with that word, is the way he talks back to you. Yeah, and that was uh, point two, more or less, for how Wednesday functioned, was the idea that, you know, that their follow-up question to that was, okay, so assuming I spend time in prayer and assuming I do all that, let's just assume they're all in that perfect state, they're, the real struggle in their age group right now is, People identifying as being Christians, but not living that life. And people will then, all right, we'll just use everybody in the room. Let's assume Rick says he's a Christian. Rick doesn't live like a Christian. Rick is accusing and mean and judgeful and critical of everybody else. Well, you know, you know me already then. <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to play everybody's tricks in the room, you know? So. No, no, that's not what you were supposed to say. So why do you want to put that out there about me like that? Everybody already knows that. Well, You're supposed to make me look good. Let's assume that's Rick's role in this conversation, right? Now, Doc, over here, he comes up to me and he says, Oh, do you, Vincent, do you believe that Rick is claiming to be a Christian, but he's out here doing X, Y, He's acting like this, blah, 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 you know, and the, you know, the kids are struggling with that idea of like someone else talking to them. They're like, well, they are trying to be a Christian. Are they doing it right? Because they don't really have the exact information they need. But on top of that, my challenge was, I said, listen, if you are spending an active amount of time in prayer, in God's words and doing those things, I said, I'm going to tell you something you didn't expect. The middle person is not going to come up to you <laughs> because they're going to look at you and be like, well, I can't talk to that person about it because you know, they're on the right track. They're doing the right thing. I was like, so look at it like this. Like, you you will exude the characteristics of things like this, knowledge, self-controlled, you know, someone that perseveres, all those things. If that's what you're actively doing. You know, we, uh, we could talk about the idea of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, nobody's going to want to talk to you if every word you're... Nobody negatively is going to want to talk to you if every word coming out of your mouth is kind 
compassionate, caring, uplifting, all the things that it should be. You know, nobody's nobody's going to be like, oh, let's go gossip with that guy. You know, uh, we have mm-hmm. a good friend of ours. I love this guy. His name's Pastor Ed. You know, Stepanowski. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, a couple Ed. of you guys have seen him at. Yeah, uh, Ed's actually watching. Is Pastor he watching? Oh, what's up, baby? All right, <laughs> so he's uh, he's gonna. Don't blush. Yeah. No, don't hit me either. No, so one thing that I love about him is every time I talk to him, I like I always feel encouraged. He's a very encouraging mm-hmm. person. He's a very uplifting person. And he always hits you with the idea that everything he said is based in scripture. <laughs> like everything he says is so steeped in it that every word you hear resonates some part of scripture in my heart. Something I've heard, something I've read, something I you know, like felt, and he always is encouraging everything out of that guy's mouth, at least mm-hmm. to me, you know, I'm sure he's got his no. flaws, but probably not. But every, everything I've ever heard, it's just like, it just feels like it's just the scriptures just flowing out in his conversation. And it's due to the fact that he reads it so much. He knows it so well. He spends a substantial amount of time in prayer and in the word. You know, I don't have conversations with a guy like that about any other person on the planet. I don't have conversations with a guy like that about anything else because everything I've ever talked to him about, no matter what my struggle, he's pointing me to the word. He's pointing me to God. He's pointing me to what I'm supposed to be looking at anyway (laughs) because he spends an active amount of time in prayer and in the word. That's what comes out. That's what overflows. So often we don't do that. I mean, I, I know I don't. I'll speak for myself. I'm sure you guys read your Bible 24 seven and do all that stuff, but I spend I don't spend enough time in it, so other things come out. <laughs> all right, but is that because, yeah, you're old enough to be my son? That's Doc. You're old enough to be his grandson. Um, is that because we grew up in different times? I don't think it is. No, I mean, you don't think today's technology tastes too much of our lives? Then it then could, but their here's the generation, thing. And I'm not picking but also, it puts it at your fingertips at all times. <laughs> we well, had that's no technology. Well, that, <laughs> it was color TV. That was technology. Well, it, 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 no, here's the thing. We're, I'll, I'll be very serious with you. One of my hobbies, I'll call it a hobby. It's not really, it doesn't take any skill. I enjoy playing video games with my friends at night. Yeah, okay. And on the weekends, saying. we do that. That's technology. Yes, though. that it is. But that's not necessarily the distraction from me spending time in the Word. That's not the distraction. Is a distraction the same as anything else would have been? You know, like in your generation, oh, I'm going to get smacked again. You guys want to go outside and, uh, you know, hit a hoop with a stick or something and chase it down the street. You know, that could have taken no, away your time. No, that was, that was my father's. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. When right. he That's was But here's the thing. <laughs> Specifically about that, I, I can tell you, I, I've had conversations with that, and I'm going to paraphrase it and probably ruin it, and he can message me mm-hmm. with all the ways I, I did him dirty but it is a practice for him it is it is an attribute that he has honed and had to dedicate time to as a discipline yes and that's something I, that that's where I was the technology has nothing to do with that realistically because he is he's very diligent to do the things he sets out to do in when it comes to reading the Bible and spending time in prayer he hosts a prayer live mm-hmm. i don't remember what it's called exactly but like he hosts that on there and he, he's faithful to get on there sign on let's start praying let's mm-hmm. start doing that let's be important he's the guy i pick up my phone when i don't know what to do and i can't like with something that i'm leading in my ministry or what have you he's the guy i call because i am in no way unsure that he's gonna just breathe scripture back at me <laughs> you know and encourage me in the ways like that and and one of the things he does is he challenges me to do it myself, you know, which is, again, what this chapter is talking about. Sometimes you have to do things yourself. Take it captive yourself. But I think I think what it really boils down to is it's a discipline. It's a principle. I know Friday night. I can tell you right now. There's a personal bash for time. Friday night at 
sometime between 6.45 and 7.15, I'm going to get a text blow up on my phone from a group text saying, anybody getting on tonight? Anybody doing this? Anybody doing that? Regiment every Friday because it's like the work week is over. Our kids are in bed. This is what we're doing. Let's go. So the same way that we practice that, that is made possible via technology. But also, so is Bible study. It's where my been looking at the whole time. <laughs> I, I we have it that. at our fingertips. Right. So arguably, yes, there are more distractions, but also there's also more available to you. There's more resource available mm-hmm. on your phone than ever before. Oh, absolutely. And that is that is actually a positive. What you do with your time has always been the struggle. That's always so the generation you were raised in versus the generation I was raised in, we the argument is the same. What value are you placing your time in? What camp are you setting up in? What are you doing? Whether that was playing outside, whether that was building furniture in a shop or spending time in the word or technology, whatever it is, there's something that you personally value over time with God. Now, I'm not saying I'm not the guy. So I I cannot condemn anyone for not spending enough time in the word because I know I don't. I know that I do not spend enough time in the word. That's a fact. Because in my brain, if you ask me my honest opinion, there I I know I should spend more time in the Word because I desire to and then forget to and then get angry that I forgot to. So now I set alarms to do it, and my phone says, hey, stupid, it's time to do the thing you said you would do. I got to do the same thing. (laughs) That's the same for everything, you know? And ultimately, no, I don't think it's – I don't think he is the way he is because of the generation he grew up in. I think he's the way he is because he fell in love with Christ and wanted to get to know him more, which is the whole point. To that I was telling the kids, I was like, you have to do it. I can't force you to learn a single thing. If you don't want to take a relationship with someone seriously, you won't know it any better. We talked about the friend circle. I have a close friend I know that I can just send three words to, and either A, they understand that nonsense mm-hmm. I just spat at mm-hmm. them, or B, they don't. And if you know someone well enough, you get it. <laughs> and you're just going to respond in kind. You're like, yeah, I got you, man. I got yeah. you. Let me help you. Let me do this. I'm there for you. Or Bro, you know that's not a good idea. Right. <laughs> that's the other thing that comes from those kind of relationships. They're give and take. No, but on the absolutely. flip side, there are people that I don't have that relationship with. There are people that you can't just send something like, hey, help me Saturday. And then be like, why would I help you on Saturday? Right. <laughs> because like you've never wa- – what's my name? Say it again. I dare you. What's my last name? You don't know. Like, right. And that's how it works. We need to have that kind of relationship. Now, we, we ask humans – as humans are tasked with the idea of personally spending our time getting into the word, personally trying to do these things. We look and we can see here, there's a very specific layout, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control, all these things, right? Okay. Now let's assume you're a virtuous person. Let's assume you've obtained knowledge, but you have no self-control. Guess what? You still have work to do. I don't care how smart you are. (laughs) You still have work to do. And we all, and I, Oh, Peter, Peter in this letter is not letting anybody off the hook. Because if you do have self-control, if you can somehow muster your own self to be under control, you need to have perseverance. You're like, yeah, I can do that. But now you got to keep doing that. It's not a, I mm-hmm. succeeded at this one task. I read my Bible on I Thursday. I'm good. At, I succeeded <laughs> at perseverance. Yeah. Really? Succeeding, you can't <laughs> succeed at perseverance until you die. <laughs> That's my opinion on the matter. You, you, can, you, you can succeed at perseverance when you get there and he says, yeah, you ran a good race. Well done, good and faithful servant you know it's like yeah success i did it (laughs) you know up until that point you still have to persevere you still have work to put in you still have effort that you have to accomplish you know and to perseverance godliness all right so let's assume you're still persevering you're still really trying you're running the good race all right now that you're doing that be like me oh man well i don't want to be like it's hard to be like god i have to be loving all the time that's the you know the end stage is (laughs) to the, the last thing mentioned is 
love. Because <laughs> it's the pinnacle. And does that end? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I got the love thing down totally. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and I love everybody. You don't know everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would if I knew them. <laughs> if I, well, in heaven, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to get to know everybody. You know, and that's one of the things like we talked about at the end of this was you get to the point where, okay, let's assume that you can be godly, right? Mm-hmm. It's On top of that is brotherly kindness, which means also on top of all these things you've done for yourself, because everything up until this point is yourself. Now that you somehow have somewhat of a handle on your own life and your own circumstance, let's start caring about other people. Well, I just got me handled. How am I supposed to worry about somebody else? Well, fact of the matter is if you've got all those things handled, this is going to come easy. You know, we, we, you know, you can look at it from both perspectives. Brotherly kindness can be easy for some people, you know, like some people just genuinely love people. Mm-hmm. Like my dad loves people. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, correct. <laughs> we all, we have a friend that does not love people initially. You know, they sit we there. We is. won't name that person, but like we, someone jumped to everyone's brain. It's probably not even the same person, but like their first default is not love. Their first default is not like, love you. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm a little skeptical of you. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens down the road, you know? And uh, so that's a harder thing for that person than it is for my father. But when it comes down to it, once you've even obtained the idea of being able to share that for someone around you, it just says, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now, is it a little vague? Yeah. Is it a little specific? Yeah. It's everything. Because love, as if you really want to get to know love, and this is opinion-based. I don't have all the references off the top of my head. God is love. Mm-hmm. Get to know God. If you're living a godly life, showing brotherly kindness, this is a full circle thing. This is not a this is not a one and done. We talked about just the idea of of those kind of things. So you want to love effectively. Well, guess what? You're gonna start adding more. You're gonna be more virtuous. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna grow in knowledge of things that you weren't sure of. The more you get to know God, you're gonna grow in self control. All those things are gonna come around. This is not a simple thing. You know, we often look at things like the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Number one, the last wow. one, self-control, that's hard. Yeah. Um, number two, those, are, again, aren't one-and-done situations. <laughs> we are not fortunate enough, <laughs> however you want to take this, we're, it doesn't, we don't get off the hook so easy to say, like, yeah, I loved somebody. Yeah, I was peaceful that one time. I showed self-control in this one area. I... I didn't eat that one chocolate chip cookie. You know, like whatever it is, it's not that simple. These are attributes that should be just should be just flowing out of you. And mm-hmm. if if you want to have them flow out of you, you should be more like God. Be more you, Christ-like. You, if you want to be more Christ-like, there's only one answer. You have to know how. How do you know how? Well, the two easiest ways, absolutely hands down easy, prayer, reading God's word. You have an open line of communication with him, and you have a resource of him <laughs> that reveals him in ways that no other book on the planet reveals anything. <laughs> you know, he, he shows, and like, again, back to the point from this be, the beginning of the whole thing, we miss sometimes the opportunity to go to the creator of the universe in prayer. Now, think about it like this. God sits out here, he says, oh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. That's a simple sentence for what was involved in that. Yeah. But a not so difficult task for the creator of the universe, <laughs> the guy that put it all in place. You know, we we all have strengths that we understand. Imagine your area of understanding being everything. For him, 
Of course he can design the cells to work the way they do. Of course an atom, of course an atom is nothing to this guy. <laughs> you know, he looks at it and he understands how they all work together, how they all do what they're supposed to do and work in cohesion with each other. You know, uh, we all have strengths. We all grow up in a specific trade or a job or something that we do. I have no idea how this room works. Rick knows how this room works. <laughs> he put this room together. He makes it function effectively. I Doc knows the human body way better than I'm ever going to. The only inside part of a human body I've ever seen is when I opened it myself on accident. And it's like that is not an understanding that leads to any kind of actual knowledge that is beneficial. I know how to build a house. I know people that don't know how to build a house. So when you look at it like, oh, we can build that. Some people are like, you can build what? Say what? It's like I could do that. Doc looks at it like oh let me describe this to you and i'm like i'm lost i don't know but you understand what's going on you look at this room and you're like of course that runs to that what are you stupid you know like how much more does the creator of the universe know every everything in the way it's laid out and we take for granted the idea that we get to talk to that guy we get to call him father we get to have an open relationship with him and not only that we we get to ask him for things that guy wants to help us that guy wants to to respond with us that guy wants us to get to know him and that guy wants to bless us you want to talk about something that you don't deserve we talk about this all the time there are things we don't deserve the creator of the universe wants to bless me i've met me i don't want to bless me <laughs> i don't even want to bless me sometimes like come on man i've met me i know i know what's going on in here more than you guys do it's not pretty it's not great <laughs> and you say why yeah. if you if he knows me the way i know me then it's like Really? Because Why? God has mastered all of these attributes mm-hmm. we're describing that we have to work towards. He he is them. He he ha- he is infinite knowledge. Like you know, just phrasing is poor. I'm sorry, but you know he understands brotherly kindness. You want nothing else in the more in the world is more powerful than the idea that the Creator of the universe, the guy that designed every single thing. Now here's a crash course on the Bible. He designed everything. He made everything. He made it work. He said, "All right, let's put the humans in there." What did we do? We messed, messed it, it up, up so quickly. And it, it, did, long. it didn't take long at all. It doesn't specify the timeline. Right. That's okay. Brian made a funny comment last night. He was like, I would have messed it up far before that. I would have been like, cool, I'm a living being. Be like, What's that tree? Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, the, my head would just know that's the tree I need to eat. eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not that had, one? Yeah, I, right. I I'll a, show you. Uh, yeah. One of those little bloggy things. Yeah. He says, the human mind can't deal with something negative. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Don't think of an elephant. Yeah. As soon as you say don't and, and, and <laughs> that's where we're going for what you're gonna do because yeah. you put a don't on yeah, it. Exactly. Now I have to. Now I have yeah. to. I'm don't. compelled to do it. But now. we look at that. that tree. Okay, I'm gonna go <laughs> That's the tree I have to eat from. Right. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, like another guy on I like to watch shorts. And another guy said, you know, you get ten guys in a room and you put some poison there. There's going to be a guy that's going to taste that. <laughs> There's one Because he, he's going to say, that's poison. Don't taste it. Right. I'm not scared of that. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, so uh-huh. we, yeah, but how long did it take us to mess that up? Brian was so funny last night. He's like, I would have messed it up even sooner. I'd be like, I could. And I just, I honestly, I hope he's watching. I genuinely imagined him being like, just in the garden, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, that tree? <laughs> I mean, that tree then. <laughs> Just imagine, because that's what I would have done. Right, yeah. And if we look at it, like how quickly they did we, that, we ruined it. Now, how many other chances did we need? And that guy was like, all right, so I see that you didn't want to be with me when I gave you the option to be with me. But you know what? That's not good enough. I want you to have another chance back to me. And he does. He opens up that lifeline. And it's 
that guy created everything, gave us perfection. We ruined it, which is what, as we just established here, we're all good at. <laughs> you know, we've all we've all chosen sin over God. How many? I and mean, we won't ask how many times. We don't want to know. That's too many. He, he rebooted so, <laughs> the system. Yeah, and right. he with looks, a flood. And he gives us an option. But here's the thing. Uh, skipping all that to the point where he he then says, "I am going to send my one and only Son to die for you." Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Really? Why? And I got news for you. I love you. I love you two to death. You, I would not trade my kid for either one of you. <laughs> I got news for you. Let alone people I mean, that hate ten you. of you. I mean, I wouldn't trade my kid for ten of you. I got to be honest with you. Like that is not an easy t- concept. Like my kids mean more to me than either of you, than ten duplicates of you guys, than all the people that I know that I see all the time. Like there, that is a, that is not an easy thing to do. But he knew and valued us that much. Do you know how hard it is to maintain that perspective? Do you know how hard... Obviously, you could sit here and be like, yeah, but wouldn't you give up your kid if it meant that these 10 people would obviously live? You know, like... Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> I mean, like, nah. I know what you want me to say, but there's no chance. Nah. You know? <laughs> even, my, even though my kid's mean <laughs> to me. No, I would not. But that's the thing. Like, there's just no chance because that kind of love is unparalleled. And he, over and over again, reminds us of that through Scripture specifically. But we look at the fact that that guy created it all. We messed it up, and he was like, I still love you enough and want you back. And offered an opportunity for us to come back to that. That is just, you know, it's, it's genuinely beyond human understanding. Standing. I like and, we and it wasn't the concept, but there's no way to feel that. And it wasn't spare of the moment. No, that's an before he said, "Let there be light." He'd already had this worked out. Yeah, because that's how much he loved and cared about us. That's how much he wanted to see us through. So on top of that, if we ever make the decision that that sacrifice was enough for us, and that we genuinely understand that love and the way that God sent His one and only Son to die in our place. If we reach that point, let's just assume, I know the three of us have, so let's assume we reach that point. Why is it so difficult for us to want to talk to that guy? Uh, There's there's an explanation. I have a couple. I want to hear yours. Go. Um, Because he is so, and this is a biblical term, he's so ontologically different from us. All right, let's get a 50 cent word instead of a $3 word. Okay, 50 cent. He's so (laughs) different from what we are. Okay. That it scares us. Okay. It would be like a lot of people say, oh, you know, like, I would, I would, I would really want to see an angel. I want to see an angel. But then when that, you know, 15 foot tall, <laughs> 2,000 pound being stands in front of you and smiles, you start to get the shakes and like, oh, my God. Yeah. Geez, I changed like, my mind. <laughs> I, yeah, go away, please. Did you have something, Uncle well, Tony? The, what was yours? Doc went down some of it. It's, okay. We don't know how to pray or even – I'll use the word. I have to say talk to him because we're afraid that he already knows what we did. We did it. He does. Right. We're embarrassed <laughs> to ask for forgiveness because he's our father, and, and we don't know how to talk to him. Yeah. Because we don't know – I guess from the human side, we know what the punishment would be right. as a kid. Because if you did it a couple times in a row, you know what your dad's punishment is. Yeah. You don't know – if the little person is going to talk to you, say, I'll help you through this, or no, you know, you need to pray more about this. And- he makes it pretty simple for us, and that's something that I honestly never really considered until older than 25, younger than 29. I don't and remember the exact day. day. Yeah. yeah, within the past couple of years, like, you really realize that he 
in all ways wants that relationship resolved. He yes. wants you to reach that place. He wants you to come with him with those things. He demands and expects that you can offer the the simplest thing is for what he paid all you have to do is show humility enough to be like wow i really did mess up you're Mm -hmm. you're perfect i'm not that's a simple thing to come in contact with i know people (laughs) i know i know a person specifically that would not that didn't want to hold their child when it came into the earth because he was like my hands are so dirty and that thing is not I don't want that to rub off on him. Like he did, obviously. Like he got past it, but he was like, but, I get what but you he guys, looked but, at the baby and he was that. like, I'm going to ruin it. I don't, you know, like, and the idea of just, I'm going to ruin and, it. And, and, and actually wives and children do that for men. Mm-hmm. They, you, you have to say, you have to be able to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You have to have the humility to say when you accuse your kid of doing something and they didn't do it well, yeah. and you are wrong. Well, yeah, that's, that's old... and, and you may have even spanked them. And you can't undo that. <laughs> you can't undo no, you can't. that. So you have to say, I'm sorry, Gio. Yeah, and we learn from a human perspective the idea of humility in conversation. How much all right, when when you've wronged me and you want to apologize, it's usually easier because you're like, Yeah, he'll probably mess up too, and then this will reciprocate. So it is a little bit difficult sometimes to, to look at a perfect creator of the universe and say, Sorry, you know, like because he knows you're gonna do it again. He does like right. sometimes when I forgive someone, I, I know I'm like, All right, listen, like I forgive you, I know it's gonna happen again. Mm-hmm. Now often I'm sure that when I ask you for forgiveness, you're going to look at me and be like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to happen again, but like, I'm going to love you through it. Now that is the more godly perspective. When you look at it, like it doesn't make you want to forgive me any less. I want to forgive you. I want this to be worked out. I want the relationship restored. How do we do that? We communicate it. (laughs) We have to be in touch with him. We have to get to know it. Now the fear can be, and that we always talk about people get misconstrued all the time with the idea of the fear of God specifically. We are not afraid of God. We are reverent of who he is. And those are very different things. You know, um, I'm sure Doc's done word studies on it more than I have. I have not done many. So yeah, I see him Fear loading his like, gun right now. He's like, let's go boys. <laughs> so it's, it's, we look it's at more it. on the terms of awesome. Yeah. The awesomeness of God, of, uh, uh, he's not commonplace right. when you realize that he's not common. When you realize that God is more real than you are, you're standing <laughs> in the fear fear of God. And when you when you reach that point and you understand that, like I, I will tell it to you like this. I can remember times in my life when I specifically approached my father and had to ask for forgiveness for something I did. Now, sometimes it's easy. I'm sorry I ate your cookie is an easy one. We mm-hmm. all know that. We all could be like, all right, I'm sorry I ate your cookie, okay? Right. I'm sorry I didn't give you the bigger half. Right, like, whatever right, it is. Right, yeah. Those are simple things because, yeah. like, and genuinely, maybe you do feel you're sorry for it. Maybe you're not. But you know it's going to be like, all right, I forgive you. Don't let it happen again. You're going to see it. You're going to see that. But there are times when you really, really, really mess up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'll speak for my father specifically. He wants to forgive me. It's not always easy for him because he's mortal. <laughs> but he wants to forgive me for those things. In the same way... The Father in Heaven does want to do that. He wants that out of our lives. But you can't grant forgiveness when people don't ask for it. So he's asking you to talk to him, talk about it. Because there's not one prayer in my life when I've like had more than, you know, sometimes I do my little like quick two-minute ones like, hey, help me with this, please, please, please. You know, And we do that all the time. We all do. Yeah, you did it with that, your glasses. Right. Yeah. I work construction. That's that's every 30 seconds. It's like, all right, God, please let this fit. Right. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> and there are some times yeah, where I've that's seen, just a part I've of it. I've seen them prayers. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some times where I'm like, God, this isn't going to fit if you don't do it, and I don't have another option here. Right. Like, and like, 
but I don't have to say all that because he knows that we go, we went over that. Like he just knows me better than that. And he knows me better than I know myself. And we, we take that for granted when that's the guy that wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to mend that, you know, but it is, it's always easier to seek forgiveness from someone that, you know, Oh, definitely. And it's always easier to continue on a conversation. Now, here's the thing. I would assume that every person in this room has prayed more recently than they've asked for forgiveness for something. That's an assumption that I make based on the people I know. I commonly spend a lot of time in prayer and quote unquote forget that there are things that I need forgiveness for, you know, Mm -hmm. because... We often we take for granted the idea that God wants to forgive us, and we do that because I'm like, yeah, God knows I'm not trying to do that again. Instead of just being like, you know what, I need to show that humility and do that. Mm-hmm. Now, again, still doesn't want Him to not come to us with those things. We should be spending that time in prayer. That's the whole lifestyle of prayer aspect. But if we're diligent in taking this First Peter or Second Peter chapter one and applying it to our lives and actively seeking those things, you're going to see a huge change in your life. You're going to see a huge change in the way that you turn things around, the way you structure your conversations, the way that you go through your day to day, because you're, you're going to start to get to know God because you can't get, you can't get, vir- I, I'll say this boldly. The world offers no virtue. <laughs> you know, like mm. the world itself doesn't have any virtue to give you mm. and doesn't have any way to help you with that. God does in here. You could become more virtuous through this. You know, and like we talk about knowledge. Where are you going to get knowledge? They are not talking. Well, arguably, they are not talking about, you know, becoming the world's greatest mathematician, <laughs> becoming the world's greatest psychologist. It's not book knowledge. It's well, it is. It's this book knowledge. It's mm-hmm. getting to know God more, getting to know his word more, because that's what's actually going to heal people. And help is the is the relationship with God and the way he functions. So we see that, and when we add these things to our lives, you'd be surprised the amount of people that will come to turn around and see it your way. Like I talked with these youth kids about the idea that, like, if you are an incredibly morally upright person, people do not want to gossip with you. If you are an incredibly morally upright person, people don't want to ask you to places where you shouldn't be. If you're an incredibly upright, moral person— they assume that you're not going to want to do the wrong thing. That's the person we should be without adding the biblical aspect to it. Because of the relationship we have, those things should be ever present in our life. You know, we talk about, you know, we could bounce all over scripture for this thing, but we could sit there and talk about, hey, put on the full armor of God so you're ready to withstand those things. If you're doing that, those things roll right off, number one. Number two, if you are actively out here trying to have the fruits of the Spirit, which the fruits of the Spirit are going to come from the lifestyle you're living, if you're if you're bearing that fruit, the fruit is what the people are going to see. The fruit is what people can understand about you for argument's sake. To. You know, So I can see that Doc is a much more patient person than I am, and you. <laughs> I can see that Doc has probably more self-control than we do. Mm-hmm. I'll lump you with me on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you know, we can assume that you know, uh, you know, I assume you have more patience than I do because mine is razor thin anymore. But when we look yeah. at it, that's, that's you kids. Have kids. <laughs> that's kids. That's kids. They're gonna smack me. It's my parents right now, hey, man, hey, driving hey, me nuts. Hey, hey, <laughs> trying to help them with something yeah. they, they don't want to see it my way. But see, Doc <laughs> raised his children, and they have their own. Yeah. I raised a godchild who's now 15. You have little ones. So we've seen what they could do. Mm-hmm. So we sit back and laugh now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going through it, I guess. Yeah. But we see these things and the characteristics, the fruit of the spirit that's coming out is is the evidence in your life of what's going on. It's something people can see. It's like they almost put their hands on. They're like, Rick, he's a patient guy. He's a loving. He's got joy. He's 
you know, well, Rick, <clears throat> work on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as Wayne even commented, are you talking about the same person? But that was a while back. <laughs> well, we look at those things, and it's like if if we're evident, if that fruit is evident in our life, and this is a personal gut check to everybody listening, if that fruit is evident in your life, you're going to be less likely to encounter people that want to have those conversations with you. That want to, and again, this is based on the youth idea. It's like you are not going to be asked, and this, you know, some kids view this as a negative. I hope they don't, but like you're not going to be asked to the wrong parties. If that's the kind of person you are, correct. You're not going to be asked to do the wrong thing by someone to push your moral boundary because they know that you have a moral boundary. Mm -hmm. That's a thing, and it's and it's it's something that I've been trying to encourage them with. I was like, if you have an active prayer life with God, let's get back to my first point. If you have an active prayer life, walking with God, working on all these self help (laughs) situations, and you're doing that you will be able to handle those things easy. You're going to be rolling with punches like you wouldn't believe if you were actively in, if you were actively living that virtuous, knowledge-filled, self-controlled, you know, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love kind of life. Those things are, you're going to be like, let's go, keep moving. (laughs) You know, you're not slowing me up with that. You're not bothering me with that. Let's keep going. This is my end goal. This is my purpose. This is what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to accomplish. And that's contagious. And I try to explain to the kids that's contagious. That's why things like when we were at snow camp is contagious because like, oh, you're happy? I'm happy. Mm -hmm. You know, you're miserable? I guess like we should all be down here today. You know, we should be somber. You know, like and those things are contagious. But that's right. You surround yourself by the right people. Mm -hmm. You're always happy. And everything. You got that one person who could bring the whole group down within five seconds mm-hmm. if they are not happy with themselves. And they got to be happy with themselves, but they also got to be believing. And yep. there's people there's people out there that... You know, we've been talking in our church a lot specifically about, like, um, I'll paraphrase it all so you guys can correct me. And I talk about on this here all the time, taking the next right step, the next little baby step. And... Our church challenged each other with the baptism recently. Mm-hmm. You know, and you were there. You were yep. part of that. Yep. It's like sometimes you're like, you know what? I That is important to me because that is a step of obedience God commanded to me. For you, it was baptism. Mm-hmm. For some of these kids, it's how do I pray? I've never prayed before. Right. And you sit down. I had a conversation with a kid. I was like, listen, this isn't, here's the breakdown. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and they, they reached out and they were like, man, like that really, ch- it's, I feel like so different i was like you should you're having communication with the creator of the universe right should blow your mind (laughs) so it's an incredibly powerful thing and it it does i I think having been in it as long as i was secondary to the conversation the most joyous times i've ever had is just before my daily devotionals come on the radio Mm -hmm. and i'm just having a conversation with God about something. Yeah. And it's just like, hmm, and what about this, this, and this? And you go, hmm, what about that, that, that? That's good, but think of it this way. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it's <laughs> in your head, <clears throat> but it's it's not, it's not you, you talking to yourself. Yeah. There's, there's, there are extra ideas coming into your head and, <clears throat> and, and when you can hear that voice, I mean, and your father does this to me all the time. Hmm. He'll say, Doc, what about such and such? And then you'll see me stop. And everybody would think, oh, he's thinking. No, I'm praying for the answer. Help me, help me, help me, help me. What do they want? What do they want? Oh, that's it. And yeah. when you can get that kind of conversation, when you realize that God is more real than you are, 
Because you may be a figment of my imagination, but I do know that I am real. And when you realize God is more real than you are, you're halfway there. When I talk to the kids on Wednesday, you know, some of them are kind of asking for an understanding on, like, what's it look like to actually communicate with God? And one of the... um, one of the topics is like, you know, people often joke about the idea of it's your Jiminy Cricket. It's your little like, you know, you still small voice is the more yeah. biblical term mm-hmm. of it. But the conscience is something that people view as that. But I was like, listen, I'm going to I was like, <laughs> you've all you've just seen Pinocchio, right? Yeah. Little Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. OK, you talk about it. And you're just like when you're facing a trial, it's like talking to them be like, yo, we got this. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> or like. What do I do here? It's like, oh, maybe you should take a left because the right looks like you're going to fall in a pit. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, it seems like it's black and white, and sometimes it seems like, it, you know, it's a little more vague. But I was like, <laughs> I said, you know, you have to be willing to hear that voice. I said, one of the things we're blessed with, honestly, is that, you know, we are given the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. not confused by the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We can be. And I can tell you in my own life, I will not accuse a single other person in this room. We, I, <laughs> not we, I get in the way. Mm-hmm. I think about it. I try to over-apply my own personal circumstance to mm-hmm. something that has nothing to do with me. That's just an idea of God revealing another part of his nature and who he is. And I'm like, yeah, but that applies to me because I did this. No, who cares? Nobody right. cares. It doesn't matter because I'm not listening to that sm- still small voice. I'm over here like, I'm going to inject myself into this because obviously I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> you know, you're going to inject okay. yourself on this. And we look at it and instead of being willing to listen to it, I said, it's like you're Jiminy Cricket. You know, like when you have a confidence in something, you know, like... uh when you sit there, it's like, we're about to face this. We got this. You're going to get that, like, we got this. Mm-hmm. like Because he's not leaving you hanging. But, but you got to be willing to be open to it. And that's a big deal. And, and you learn that. Because sometimes you'll hear that still, small voice say, <laughs> leave now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll say, nah, I got this. I, I, yeah. I, We've I, all been through and that. And then you're I, like, I, I, I ain't got this. <laughs> I swear by that. Sorry, Dr. Demeanor. I swear by that 14 years ago, there was a conversation going on between a bunch of guys, and I said, I don't need to be here. And my closest friend at the time was part of that conversation. I just walked right out, never looked back. So I believe that my little friend upstairs was telling me, get out of there. Get out of there because this is not where I want you to be. Right now, this is not your place. So I, 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 I and that it. happens over and over again. But I'm going to tell yeah, you, and, this and, is and, the and, and so when it happens over and over and over again, acknowledge even and learn when from it. you <laughs> make mm-hmm. the wrong thing, you know, you'll say like something. We'll say something. Something told me I should have made. I knew the I should have done that. <laughs> I should have turned left, and I turned right, mm-hmm. and it kept saying no. Turn around. Cody, I went, no. And it was like three hours later, I'm back at that same intersection. Well, my conversation. And it's like little things like that train you to listen to that. Mm -hmm. So the next time it's like, make that right. Okay. I'm going to make the right. And Mm -hmm. then when you get there, you you say, oh, thanks, God. Thank you. Mm Because. If I hadn't made that right, I wouldn't have got here. Yeah. And that's when you see. And, and, and there's an ongoing theme with that in the idea of back to the beginning. You have to get to know him personally. If you don't personally know him, how are you going to accomplish having a relationship with him? If you don't know him personally, he's revealing himself. Are you willing to take five seconds and, you know, get to know him? Get to know. You know, and that's something that it comes down to because I, I remember being a kid and playing this game. I don't remember whether it was church, youth group, a one. I have no idea what it was. It was one of those things. And they said, okay, we're going to have a little visual lesson, right? Take somebody, put them at the other end. Other room, blindfold them. Take two people, put them at the other end. Now, you tell them this person 
is representing God's voice. This person is anybody else on the planet's voice, right? Now you have to follow the directions of God's voice. Now, that's a lot easier when you know the person. Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier when you know the person's voice. Now, if you had put one of my parents up there, I'd be like, we're going this way <laughs> because I know that voice. Right. But if you put two people you don't know well, mm-hmm. you have no idea which voice to follow. Right. Yeah. And it's that simple of a breakdown for if you know them well, you can follow them. I could tell you right now with fairly confident assurance, if you put <laughs> – now, all right, that's a, that's a bad example. If you put me and Doc at the end of these things and said to Aubrey, follow daddy's voice – she will follow daddy's voice. Mm-hmm. I think she would make, let's say, 90% good decisions. If, if we both say, if I say, make a left, and he says, make a right, she's going to make, a, assuming she can remember which one's which, right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. she's going she's to follow the d- correct direction, you know? And I think that's what it really boils down to, because she knows my voice, because she spends time with me. She what does he say me, about my sheep? They hear me and know my voice. That's it. <laughs> and that's the thing. Now, there, this is a big deal that you get to know him, because... If, if I put you two out there and I said, Aubrey, follow daddy's voice, she probably would stand there like neither of that's correct. Right. But if I said follow Doc's voice, she would probably get confused more than if it were my voice. Mm-hmm. Like a lot more. Because she'd be like, I, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know it. It's not every day. Because there's not that daily communication. Right. Right. <laughs> I have daily communication with my daughter. I well, read her story. She listens to me do that. She knows me. She knows my voice. She knows what's going on. So there's... Unless I said... <laughs> Hey, a number one princess. Yeah, well, she'd be like, that's Doc. That's yeah, Doc. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that part comes from the relationship that you two have developed with a specific phrasing, a specific mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that triggers a specific memory. That's something you can't do without having encounters. Right. You could call her a one princess and never see her, and she would be like, "What does that mean?" You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, but she sees you, she's around you, she encounters you, you know, and like, so, so that makes, uh, so she blushes every single time right. he says that she's like, oh, that is me. I am a princess, yeah, you know, yeah. but like she understands and feels that as opposed to like, if anybody else were like a one princess, she'd be like, who is this? You know, mm-hmm. because it's personal, you right. know, and you have that relation. Now <laughs> it's almost like cheating to have a guidebook on somebody. To understand and see his characteristics. There's nothing wrong with Cliff Notes. Come on, that got <laughs> but, me through high school. Cliff, but Cliff Notes on God. They're That's all, the Bible. <laughs> they're all in here. So the fact of the matter is, he has not made it difficult, especially for where we live, the time we live, back to the point of technology, the time mm-hmm. we live, where we live, what's going on. It is not difficult to get this. It's not difficult to have the book available at your fingertips to get to know who he is. And it is even easier... To speak with him, mm-hmm. to to pray to God, it's even easier. It's it's as simple as the cliches. Hey God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what's going on, but um, help me. Because guess what? He wants to. I told I told this to the kids. I was like, he wants to. And then one kid pulled me aside and was like, hey, is it that easy? I was like, bro, it's even easier. <laughs> I said because I said it with my mouth. And I said, I know you've been thinking things like that in your heart, and he's listening. And she was like, hmm. They were like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they were like, wow. Because you don't think about it like that. The fact of the matter is he cares. He's there. He's inside. <laughs> he's. I don't have to verbally say every like, single thing. Like your father says, he ain't hiding. Yeah, he's not yeah. hiding. He doesn't want to hide. He and does. I tell these kids all the time. Like I always joke with them. I'm like, listen, kids, I hate my job. I hate being an adult. I wish I could be 15, 16 again. Actually, probably 17. License was critical. But yes, it made everything better. But <laughs> But – I was like, I wish I didn't have all the responsibilities I always feel like I have, but what it boils down to is that I just really, really, really have to spend that time on the way to work in prayer. And I can I can tell you with a surety right now, I, I spend my ride into, to work in prayer. Sometimes it's like, hey, God, yeah, you know I messed up. 
you got to help me not to do that again because apparently I can't trust myself. <laughs> you know, sometimes those are the conversations. Like, I don't, I'm not yeah. doing this right. You better help me. Sometimes it's like that. But whatever it is, when I start my day out with prayer on my whole way to work or even just, a, just some time on the way to work when I'm just like, God, you, you know, help me through. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Start talking about sometimes it's praying for my family. Sometimes praying for you guys. Sometimes praying for the congregation, my worship team, the youth group. It doesn't matter what it is. When I get to work, I get through the day so much more easily than when I don't because it's important and powerful. And, and like you just have that assurance like, yeah, he's with me. He's got me because we're close we just talked about it i'm not this isn't a distant memory god this isn't a god of yesterday we're talking about god of right now Mm -hmm. and that's an important thing for me on the daily that i have to worry about because there are days and i can tell you when it happens because around nine o'clock i'm ready to just you know just choke this guy to death because my patience is worn thin worn thin yeah, worn yeah. Worn that's good. <laughs> you know, and it's gone, and I'm out of it. And I'm like, why don't I have this? Well, number one, you didn't ask for it. <laughs> number two, you're not good at it without me anyway, is what he's saying. <laughs> you know, like, I'm right here. And then you got to be like, bro, you got to help me, God. Like, let's go. I'm sorry I'm messing up. Like, you know, and you like some sometimes you really have to take a gut check on it. Or sometimes I'm all the way, it's 3 p.m., and I'm like, oh, if this guy even shows up tomorrow, he's done. And I'm in my car ride on the way home, and I'm like praying. I'm like, God, what's the matter with me? Like, I, like he's like, what's the matter with you? you? You didn't spend any time trying to, you know, get help from the guy who wants to help you. You know your shortcomings. You know you're a rage-filled person. Like, let me help you. Let me in. But I didn't want to let him in, mm-hmm. or I didn't choose to let him in, or, you know, I forgot because I didn't make him a priority. Those, those are things that we do all the time. And I encourage to the kids recently, I was like, listen, whether you have a good prayer life or not, it's not what I want to ask. What I want to know is can you tomorrow work on it? You know, can you say, I I need to spend time in prayer with God? Because if you have, you're making the next best choice. I can tell you that much. I'm telling you right now. Right now, tonight, whatever it is, I was like, all of you are capable. (laughs) I said, I can... I said, I, I'm not the most well-versed person in the Bible, but I can understand the idea that if you're sitting here thinking, I don't know how to pray, say, I don't know how to pray, help me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get some help, I guarantee you. Because, not to speak for God, I, I can almost assure you that any God-fearing person that asks for his help on how to speak with him is not going to be shut down. Because he wants to reveal that. If he didn't want to reveal that, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have 66 books of information on it. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have an opportunity to get to know him. That's the kind of person he is. As you get to know those characteristics, you're going to see God wants that relationship with you. Now, in the same way, I mean, I do a lot of building. I've done a lot of building with my dad. Sometimes you look at him, I'm like, Dad, I don't even know where to start. Right there. Oh, what do you mean? Well, if you do that, you could do that. Oh, okay. Because he's just there for you. He just, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I already know that. I've been through that. I can help you through that. And that's something where we need to learn that kind of trust in God the Father himself specifically. And the easiest way to do that is to get to know him in prayer and a relationship with him. Being able to go through what Second Peter says in here, you know, trying to grow your virtue and your knowledge and your self-control and all those things that come with that, you know, and to get to know God in a new way and to live out what he's asked you to do. Because... This is all some first step stuff, you know, (laughs) realistically, this is the first step. He talks about presenting your body as a living sacrifice. That's your reasonable service. We talked about that last week. Reasonable is what (laughs) you're saying that's reasonable. Well, guess what a living sacrifice can do. Yeah. It has to get to know knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, those kind of things. Like that's what he's asking us to do. You're not your own anymore. You know, he's going to see you through. He wants to further his kingdom. He wants to do all those kind of things. And if we want to be people that are up off the pews, fit for use, we need to get ourselves ready to be used. And that's where he gives us here. This is a playbook. This is a start. Hey, guys, step one. 
you know, there's other step ones. There's plenty mm-hmm. of step ones. If you this is where you are right now, this is your step one. Yeah. <laughs> so wherever you, know, you are, <laughs> step and, one right now is take the next best step to grow these attributes in your life. And that's the process called sanctification. Yeah. Yes. We and everybody's sanctification is different because mm-hmm. we start at different points. We start under different circumstances. We start in different situations, but the key is to start. <laughs> and that and you start by prayer, the word, and listening to the Holy Spirit that's in you. And the Holy Spirit that's in you will not contradict the word. So that's <laughs> a lot. It don't don't leave it up to oh I imagine this so there because a lot of people have this imaginary mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. oh he'll let me do anything I want to do because he's here to make me happy no he's here to perfect you to be more like his son yeah than, well my theme for twenty one well, for myself was what's the next right step what's That's the a good- next right step the next baby step. Sometimes it's got to be a baby step because I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mess up all the time. I can't be taking big steps. I can't even trust myself with baby steps. So what's the, my theme for 21 was like, what's the next right step? Now, having that be an actual practice, and that's actually the way my function, my brain functions now, I look at everything as little steps. Not every single thing in my life, but like when I look at big decisions in my life, like, okay, what is the next right step? I need to keep moving forward because it's not enough to be complacent. We talked about that last week. When you know this, you have a call, you got to jump on it. You know, you got to be willing to further the kingdom. Now, my theme for 22 is do better because sometimes taking steps, taking steps is good. You got to keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. but let's do the best in what we have with those things. You know, let's, you know, if you, if you could say, okay, I have a prayer life. Okay. Make it better. Because unless you are continually in prayer, you're you're haven't achieved it. You know, you know. If you want to say, okay, like I need to get more into the Word, good, do better. Like get in the Word. That's a good, better thing to do. So, so what <laughs> you're saying is your quote unquote resolution, and I hate that word. No, I hate the word resolution. Yeah, it's my theme but for the year. Theme for the year. <laughs> okay, is take the next better step. Sure. If you want to combine my two years in one and just yeah. you know okay. take away so the value. So it's an ongoing. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is just building on that and just kind of taking the idea of just doing better. And, you know, we joked about it with my dad um, in, like, the church capacity, too. Like, <laughs> we were like, what are we going to do for snow camp? I was like, man, I wish I could get these kids' hoodies. He was like, well, let's get the kids' hoodies. He was like, well, we got to do better, right? I was like, okay, we're getting the kids' hoodies. Now we got hoodies out of nowhere because we just said we have to just take that step. We have to just do better. You know, we we were behind on a lot of things. You know, we can we can blame uh, we can blame complacency. We can blame whatever you want. I don't really know the answer, but fact of the matter is, like our church itself is taking the next steps forward. We're constantly moving now. It's a great thing the way God's working in our church and in our body, calling people up out of the pews to just make big decisions, make bold statements. We just saw the baptism was what uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about a moving experience? I sat there and I was like, bro, okay, I'm getting rocked. You want me to dunk this guy? I want to dunk him in my tears at this point. I was ready to cry. Uh, you know, just the way those, you know, my favorite moment was when he said like, if anybody else wants to get to know this more, I do it before he finished his sentence, a nameless person jumps up in their jeans, their socks, everything. They're like, yes. put me in. Like, and, this is what I need. And, you know, talking about that individual, yeah, that individual got, a, gave a text to some other individual saying that somebody inspired him at the last minute. So nice. that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's a that's a beautiful thing, and that's part of take. You took that next. I'll say I'll throw you. Seppi, your example was a big deal, you know. And you look at it and say, 
You took the next right step. You took the next best step. It's probably Wayne. If it's Wayne, yeah, shut it's Wayne, down. Yeah, I'm not. I can't. Don't. Well, I'll share it later. <laughs> but it comes down to the idea of like you took the next right step, mm-hmm. the next little step, which you looked at it and said, you know what, I like, I can't be complacent. I got to do this. I'll throw you under the bus for your baptism. It's on YouTube, guys. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, there's we, evidence. Uh, yeah, there's evidence. But we see that, and you you did that, and it was a shining example. Doing the next best step is important. Mm-hmm. It it comes across. That's. Displaying was, what you believe. But I was it, just shocked know. in the text mm-hmm. from the individual the next day saying, because of you, yeah. you inspired me to get up in my jeans, my socks, and, and my shirt to do yeah. it. So, now, you know, that that to me was I it, me feeling triple good for myself. I know you well enough to say this. Like, that's because God did a big work in your life not that long ago mm-hmm. and changed the person that from who you were to who you are oh, now definitely. and still growing forward, learning and spending more time in prayer, more time in the Word, getting to know, actively acting more like that than ever before. That's a big deal, you know, shining Christ in each and every attribute of your life. So that's something that we really need to uh, all personally be doing. I mean, Doc's been around a long time. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's been around a long time. I was going to finish my thought, but I thought that was a great stopping point. No, he's been around a long time in my life personally. So I see him, and if I'm looking for someone that I want to aspire to, to, to like, wow, this guy just really spends time in Scripture. He spends time getting to know the Word. He spends time doing this. He's a prime example of that, like mm-hmm. making and carving out the time and giving it its important place in his life. Yeah, you know, disciplined into right. those kind of things, that's a big deal. Even though he didn't sit with us last night, but yeah, he, we don't he wanted to sit with cool kids. <laughs> yeah. you know, he sat but, with cool kids last, you know, night. We, last night. We can look around at that. And that's I was, his, I was, oh, here we go. Guys, I was, really a, I'm always in the back row. Yeah, in the but, corner, but the cool in the kids. dark. In the cool kids, the other cool kids were out in the in the foyer drinking coffee and watching it on TV. Oh well, you know? I I didn't I didn't. Well, your do better get next right step is to get inside the sanctuary. Yeah, we'll get you there. Like, like, what you guys doing out here? But uh, that's okay. Hey, that's man. okay. You know, but I, I guess the chair is a little bit more comfortable at the moment. <laughs> Well, we're a little bit over, and it seems like you don't care. You didn't shut me up yet. But what I want to get at today with my whole point of this whole thing is, like, if you are not actively in prayer with God, you need to be. If you're not actively spending time in the Word, you need to be. Now, it's not always easy. It's not simple. It's You know, you feel like it's not as black and white as, oh, well, I don't have the time to make the time. I got news for you. Make the time. Uh, He's going to bless that anyway. So you want to be you want to talk about getting blessed. Be faithful in the little things and it'll keep moving forward. And the example that you set. As we look at in Second Peter, chapter one is here. If you're doing these things, it's going to show it's going to be contagious. We talked about it with the baptism, with the idea of your, you being willing to take that step of faith and step out in front of everyone mm-hmm. and do something that you probably didn't really want to have to do in front of everyone. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're like, I'm going to do it anyway because God wants me to do it and I'm going to be an example. Change that guy's life. Mm-hmm. You inspired that person. You know, I'm going to deflate your ego later. But <laughs> you inspired that person and brought him to a place where he was willing to, in his socks, jeans... Whatever he was on, he came up, Watched. he ripped his button off yeah. off, and he was like, get me in there because right. you're, I am not, I need to do better. Right. I need to take that next right step. So your actions and you taking the next right step will be contagious and will grow people. It is the most effective way to communicate with other people is to be an example. Well, what made it more special is because he wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Something, the whole spirit came down on him. I was. I was already changed yeah. in, in my T-shirt that was given to me. Yeah. I was ready to go. Yeah, you just, cheated. Right, I cheated. <laughs> he just got up and said, here, here's my money, my wallet, and I'm going in. I'm going in. So 
truthfully, that's where you could say there the Holy Spirit came down on him. He's moving. And, you right. know, God's moving. And I'd like our church, I mean, we'll take two minutes and just like really talk about the way God's moving in our church without anything specific. Like our youth group has grown in the past couple years, you know, pre, post, mid, during whatever pandemic is not is irrelevant in this conversation. Our church has grown itself on Sunday. Our Sunday school has grown. God has really blessed us. And not only numbers and statistics all be tossed by the wayside for the idea of the people that are coming in now are encouraging. They are lifting other people up. We are talking to people all the time that are just challenging us in ways that we never would have imagined. There are people that were just like... I had a conversation with a friend that just started coming to our church within this past year. I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I gave up a date, but they started coming within a year and I said, Oh, like what happened? How'd you come from anywhere else? And they said, you know what we were, and it was to our topic last week. They're like, we were just going and we weren't really getting fed. And we realized we weren't getting fed where we were. And, uh, you know, nothing against the church we came from, but we needed more. Mm-hmm. We needed to dive into a verse-by-verse study instead of just topics. You know, we needed to do whatever. And they, they came around. And you would I would never have known that because every conversation I have with him or that couple is helping me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could, Because their joy and passion is just contagious. Mm-hmm. They're just being used, and they don't even know it. They don't even know specifically how much they have blessed me personally. But I, not that I don't tell them because I like... You know, I hug that guy every time I see him, but but like they they don't even know what it actually comes down to because we're talking about I'm one person. If I told you their name, you'd be like, bro, bro that guy is encouraged. That guy does do this. His, yeah. his wife do that. You know, you you would be like, oh, those guys. Yeah, I love this because those are the kind of people God's bringing around, and He's stirring fire in our church specifically. <laughs> he's lighting a fire under everybody's butts, and even uh, I'll I'll be honest with you, there's a group of us. For a long time, felt like we're like, man, I'm just exhausted. I feel like we're doing all this stuff, you know. Like you've been involved a long time, you got to feel that way sometimes, in sometimes. in some ministry capacity Rarely. somewhere, where <laughs> you're just like, you know, like, oh man, I'm just exhausted. I feel like I'm doing everything, or I feel like we're doing everything, or I feel like this, you know. And now, our church, and it feels like we're running out of things to do, mm-hmm. in a good way. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to do this? No, he's got that. You go do that. Okay, I'm doing this now. You know, and we talked about it. I, I don't even remember how we segued into it earlier, but we talked about it even out in the hallway when you're like, yeah, sometimes like people are asking for what to do. I got a buddy, Sean. He's like, I'm ready to just get off mm-hmm. the bench. What are we doing? We talked about Sean. He, he's nice. I love Sean. Sean's the best. Um, and he was like, I'm ready to do something. And I told him, I was like, listen, if you want to shadow me when I sit with the kids, like I know that you enjoyed working in youth ministries when you were in college, like stuff like that. Like if you want to just come see what we do, how it works out there, he'd be like, that'd be great. He's like, can I put you on for three weeks from now? And I was like, I, I guess, like sure. Like I'm thinking you wanted to come Wednesday, but okay, like three weeks from now. Because he took no, he wasted no time because he made that decision on Sunday. And by the time I had talked to him Monday night, he had already been either a approached by other people or whatever, but he's, he's got three weeks. He's looking at other people and seeing where he can help. And you know, cause he's like, I don't know exactly what God wants from me, but I know I can't sit still, <laughs> you know? And that's a big deal. Uh, like we talk about that and we're, you know, and I told him, I said, you better be careful if you don't know exactly where you want to go, because all of my friends, and myself included, have ended up in the ministry we're in because someone says, hey, go do that. <laughs> I said, so get ready because it's never what you want to do. Hmm. We talked about it. We even joked about it last week. Like, <laughs> I was like, Meg, uh, Pastor Vince wants us to do senior high. She's like, absolutely no. not. I was like, I already said yes. And she was like, I will actually murder you. <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like you're not, you're I was not like, waking up tomorrow. I was like, Meg, I was like, Meg, I'm just. I, we got to do it. They need somebody. He wants us to do it. We're just going to do it for a little while. And the first time we we took up that mantle, it was like, 
All right. Well, this is, we're giving three months. Yeah. Well, so we said we'll give it. We'll give it three months. You know, because the goal was to get it to get it through summer, mm-hmm. and then they were going to spend the summer searching for someone to take it over in the school year, and they never did. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so after that, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? And it's it's been years. I couldn't even tell you how many years it's been, but it's been I great. That. But uh, we look at it, and it's like. Even Megan, I'm sure there's there's frustrating times. There's complaints we're gonna have, but at the end of the day, I think she knows where we're supposed to be. And because someone pointed a finger and said, "Get over there," <laughs> you know, go do that. With- and uh, like we laughed because um, we talked about it one of the first times I was on here. My buddy, same guy, Mike Morrison, mm-hmm. when Poor Mike. Brian was hanging out He's with him. He's like you tomorrow. Nah, he loves me. He, uh, he, Brian, Brian was over his house helping him with something. Brian heard him singing in the other room. He goes, "Bro, why aren't you singing with us?" And he's like. I don't never thought about it. And he's like, aren't you like best friends with Vincent? And he's like, yeah, but I never thought about it. And I'm like, I never thought about it either. That's my own fault too. We went over mm-hmm. that. But like, he was like, well, get on it. I'll tell Vincent you're going to talk to him. <laughs> you know? So like, as if Mike wasn't already on the phone with me before Brian got home. <laughs> but like, he was like, yeah, so let's talk about it. Okay, great. You know, Brady, uh, my brother-in-law, mm-hmm. he's in the sound booth because <laughs> he was in my basement. He broke up with his girlfriend. I was like, I was like, good with all this free time. I was like, good, you'll finally have some time to serve in church. He was like, you know what? You're right. I need to. And that was it. He's been he's been stuck in that sound booth ever since. I say stuck lightly because I would go crazy in there. But he uh you know, he's been in there. But all of us have been like that. I mean Joe Costa, we make fun of him because like one time he was there and I was like, Bro, we need help with this, go do that and he's like he's okay. <laughs> he's just like, Okay, I'll go do that. You know? I tell Doc, Hey, the trash is overflowing in the front room, he's gonna go empty the trash. Yeah, That's just what we do. And like those are small examples, but we're talking about I ended up in youth group because of that. Hey, I ended <laughs> up in security. So I started I started my worship experience as a drummer. You want to talk about a throwback idea? Because someone said we need a drummer. People do this all the time. Sometimes you just got to be sensitive to what God has for you. He was working out a lot of things in me well before mm-hmm. I ever knew. So take the next best step. Do the next best right thing. Do better in where the areas where you're you're working. Just keep going. Keep moving forward. Do better. Take a better step. Listen a smarter step, as Doc says. Listen to the Holy Spirit inside you. That little Jiminy Cricket feeling, you know, when you're unsure. Yeah, he wants to help you through oh, all those yeah. situations. A, 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 a serious uh, uh, situation. Serious? That would serious, be serious? Serious situation. Remember the missionaries that got captured in Haiti? They ran out the door in the middle of the night. And wherever, whenever they got scared and didn't know which way to go, they prayed. And God showed them. Yeah. And then they would stop and say, where do we go now? And he would show them. And he showed them all the way to freedom. And they had a little baby with them. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what babies do when they're not really comfortable. Whatever they're supposed to not do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, <laughs> which would have, they're over there. Yeah. Those two little kids didn't say anything. Yeah. The whole time, they would pray and say, okay, Lord, we know we're, we're supposed to get away. And that was a testimony to the persons that took them. Yeah. How'd they get away? And then they heard, they prayed? <laughs> hmm. Prayed their way through it? What yeah, does that, that mean? What does that? <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a faithful God with us in the highs and lows. We it, see that over and over uh-huh. again in Scripture. So, and like, so it's like, <laughs> that's a testimony to him. those guys. Like, maybe we messed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... um. Well, let's. It's uh, definitely close tonight in prayer yes. since we're. De- that's what we're talking about. You know, we've yeah. rambled long enough. But just uh, guys, your encouraging thing is do better. <laughs> Take the next best right step. Keep moving forward. If you don't know what to do, spend a little time in prayer on it. Don't be afraid to dive into God's word. 
when you're feeling it. confused by God's word, ask for help. Uh-huh. You know, That's God, true. we see over and over again in scripture, one of the favorite verses is, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right. You know, there's areas I still struggle and doubt. There's areas I don't understand about scripture. There's areas in this. God wants to help and see you through those things, and we don't want to take that lightly or for granted. So we're going to close in prayer tonight, and then... uh Hopefully I will not see you next week, (laughs) and they will. Uh, Lord, we come before you tonight, and we just praise you, and we thank you for this opportunity just to spend some time with our brothers discussing prayer, Lord, uh, being encouraged by each other. And Lord, I ask that each and every person that hears this, that they would just commit to spending a little bit more time in prayer, a little bit more time in the Word, maybe a lot of time in prayer or the Word, Lord, whatever. Whatever you can work out for us, Lord, we just want it. (laughs) And we want to get to know you more, and we all seek that. Lord, help us to listen to that still, small voice inside and just uh, humble ourselves enough to hear it. Lord, I ask that uh, whatever our circumstances, whatever our walk of life, whatever have you, Lord, that you would just uh, be the center of it. Help us just to put you in that place to desire to spend time in in your word, to desire to spend time in prayer with you, because we want to know you more than ever before. And uh, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo of Calvary Chapel of Hamilton. Join us next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for The Carpenter's Son on WNJHradio.com.